My name is Pastor Caleb, and man, we are we are so excited that you are here today. I want to tell you, I am pumped this morning. I when we got here this morning, we since we were on break, the school was on break. We were we had the benefit of being able to leave our church pretty much set up, which allowed us to work on some exciting things that we don't usually have time for on Sunday mornings because we're you know setting up and getting ready to go for this service. But this morning, uh, Charles and I spent the morning um, going over into our kids' junior area, which is where our birth through four and five-year-olds hang out. And man, we're, we're excited because we're prepping and getting ready to set them up for like a brand new space that is over there. It's a kind of add to what the, the amazing things that they're already doing. If you guys have kids that are in that age, you know that they, Emily and her team, they do a great job of, you know, sending stuff home and letting you know what they're working on. So like even at the earliest ages, we are so blessed to be a part of a church that believes that, man, God can move um, no matter what age you are. And, and we, we can start affecting lives even as tiny as the little bitty babies as we, you know, like show them the love of God through holding them and loving on them and treating them so well. And man, I'm just excited to see um, what God is doing in that space. And I, you are sitting in a church that is just amazing. And, and it's not amazing because of like me or Charles, but it's amazing because um, we are passionately pursuing Jesus and Jesus is doing some cool things in this community. I mean, like really cool things. Raise your hand just for me really quick. If you enjoy being in Australia, right? If, if this is a, yeah. I mean, most of us probably live up here near, but it's amazing. This is a really cool community. But what I love even more about this community is that God is doing some amazing things here. He is doing some cool, just life-changing things in the people in this community. And by sitting in this room, you're like surrounding yourself, you're putting yourself in a, in a place with people um, who are wanting to make a difference and wanting to plug into what God is doing in this community. It's awesome. And for the last couple, three years, Charles and I have just been blown away as um, our goal has always been, hey, look, we're going to we're going to move here, but we're just going to try to see where God is moving, see where Jesus is working and then just kind of plug into what he's doing and just kind of hang on for the ride. And let me tell you, he's doing some great stuff. And, you know, I I wish I could spend all of my time talking about um, all the things that God is doing. But luckily, um, in a couple of weeks at our birthday bash, if you come back. We're going to highlight um, over the last two years that we've been um, open uh, in this space, what God has done in this community and how he's using this church and the people that are here. And so if you want to come and just really be encouraged and, and just kind of see, hey, what, what's going on? What are these people about? Like, what are they doing? Then that is a perfect opportunity to come and you will not want to miss it. I promise you, you'll leave encouraged. I promise you, you'll leave excited. You might not even know what's going on, but after you leave, it'll be great. And so that's in a couple of weeks. But today, um, my goal is to kind of piggyback off of what Charles started talking about last week. Last week, 
Um, if you are not here, I would very highly encourage you to go online and pull it up because it was probably one of the best uh, sermons I've heard Charles preach. Okay, um, he's a good speaker, but last week he just man killed it. He knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. I, I was very challenged, and it was he's like, right? Um, I have to say that because I work for him. Okay, he put it in my contract. I have to like pump him up every time. I'm like, yeah. No, I'm kidding. So, but I really seriously, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen because it was great. And I just want to highlight a few things that Charles talked about because it really set us up for where we're going today. I've got the, the verse that Charles used last week, and we're going to put it up on the screen. Uh, really, I'm just going to use the first sentence of it. So um, the verse comes out of Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And really, I just want to fo focus on the first sentence. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Okay? This was a command that Jesus gave to his disciples right before he left earth. The very last thing before he left to ascend into heaven is he said to his disciples, Look, guys, here's your mission. I've taught you. I've trained you. I've showed you everything that you need to know. Now, what you need to go do is go. That was better in my head. All right, let me try that again. Now, what you need to do is go. That's what I wanted to say. Right. So his mission that he gave his guys, the 12 guys that he had poured his life into for three years was go and make disciples. And I love what Charles said last week because he, he talked about how um, this word go. A lot of times, um, if, if you've hung around uh, church people or church culture for very long, um, what we've done a lot of the times, not all churches and not all church people, but a lot of churches and a lot of church people um, have taken this phrase, go. And what they've done is they've said, okay, cool, I'm going to go and make disciples, but I'm going to do it over a week once a year when I have some vacation time and I'm going to go somewhere else inside of my community where like nobody knows me and it's a little bit safer, right? I'm just going to go and I'm going to tell people about Jesus there for a week and then that's it. And I can feel better about myself because I've checked off the go command. Or what they say is, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take like a, a few hours on a weekend, on a Saturday, and uh, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go into my community, but it'll just be for a few hours on a weekend helping some people out when it's convenient for me, and, and then I can feel good about this idea of go. And instead of it being what Jesus intended it for it to be, we've kind of made it into like a trip. Hey, I'm going to go and do that when it's convenient, and I'll feel good about myself. But really, if you look at the word go, it's translated into as you are going. And so Jesus did not intend for this command to be something that was kind of convenient that you do once every now and again. Jesus intended this to be a lifestyle. He said to his disciples, look, guys, as you are going, as you are living your life, I want you to be on mission. And that mission is to make disciples. And so Charles uh, really, he gave this really challenging statement, and that is that, listen, if you are not actively making disciples, if you don't have um, a, a person or a couple of people in mind that you are trying to pursue intentionally and try to help them understand about Jesus better or share Jesus with them or, or kind of help them in their faith walk, if you're not intentionally pursuing somebody or a group of people, then you're living in sin. And it's kind of heavy and it's kind of intense. 
Um, but it's the reality of what Jesus wanted us to do. He said, look, guys, your mission is as you're living your life, wherever you are, you should be looking around you and you should be saying to yourself, okay, who needs Jesus? Who do I need to share Jesus with? Who's hurting? Who needs help? And you need to be helping them. You need to be helping those that uh, maybe don't have as much. Or if you're in a situation where you have people that are younger than you, maybe younger believers, and you can say, look, um, pull them up alongside of you and, and, you know, like encourage them to read the Bible, encourage them to pray, right? Making disciples isn't just finding people who've never heard the name of Jesus before and sharing Jesus with them. Finding, making disciples is finding people, whoever you are, and sharing about what God is doing in your life and then getting them excited so that they want to pursue Jesus more or maybe discover him for the first time. That's making disciples. And so when we're talking about this word go, we're talking about and lifestyle of pursuing people for Jesus and pulling people alongside of you as you're chasing after Jesus yourself. It's it's a very subtle change, but it's a very radical change. And I promise, we talked about this in a couple of messages earlier, but man, once you kind of get on board with this idea of making disciples as you go, all of a sudden your life takes on this whole new meaning and purpose and it becomes exciting. Like even if you like hate your job and it's the worst thing ever. If you're going into it on Monday saying like, you know what? I'm not here to like make money and like pay bills. I mean, God has me in this job to look around and see who needs to experience him and discover him. And all of a sudden your job doesn't seem so bad because you're not doing your job to like make money and it has no purpose. You're at your job so that you can find people who need to experience Jesus and then lead them to him. Or if like you hate school, right? School's not for everybody. I get that. But all of a sudden, if you're in school and you're like, man, school is not just about like making grades to graduate to, you know, to get a job to do college or whatever. All of a sudden school is about, hey, look, I've got an opportunity here that's unique to me. You guys that are in school, like hear me out. This is really important, right? Us adults, we do not have access to the people that you have access to. We can't speak the language, and we don't know the culture of students like you do. So all of a sudden, school is not just about making good grades and trying to get into college. School is about, like, finding the people that are your age that God's put around you and helping them to understand and know Jesus. And all of a sudden, your life just kind of takes on this whole new meaning. And so Charles unpacked that in a lot more last week, um, and, and his bottom line or what I took away as his bottom line was this. It was a really cool statement. He said, look, don't ghost the go. Okay, don't ghost the go. And for those of you that have no idea what ghosting is, ghosting is when you start like messaging or texting somebody and then uh, they message back and then like you just kind of disappear and you don't ever hear from them ever again, okay? It's very annoying, it's very frustrating, but it's a thing. But a lot of us, that's what we've done. We We've gotten comfortable where we are at and we say, look, you know what? I go to church and I read the Bible and I pray and I tithe and I do all this good stuff. I've got all these boxes checked off. But we hear this command that Jesus gave, which is to go and make disciples. And we say, oh, yeah, that's good. And then we just don't do it. And I'm telling you that. Once you start doing this, it will unlock so much for you. It's amazing. And it's a command of Jesus. 
So Charles um, got to share his story and kind of the catalyst of what brought him here to Phoenix to start this church, him and his wife Stephanie and their, and their kids. And so this week, I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about um, the catalyst of what got me here. Because when we're talking about this go, that's what we're doing here, right? We are going. And the reason that Charles and I um, are going and we're going here is because God put this on our hearts and he just kind of shoved it in our faces and he was like look you can't not do anything anymore you can't just continue to be comfortable you got to go and so we said all right and it's been amazing so about five years ago um i've got a picture uh up on the screen um about five years ago that was uh that was me not quite five years ago but when i first arrived um and five years ago um i was in a completely different place um in fact i was all the way across uh on the other side of the world in the Middle East. And I had the opportunity after I graduated college to go and work with refugees in the Middle East. And it was amazing. It was life-changing. God was moving and he was doing so many cool things there. And I did not want to leave, okay? I did not want to leave at all. But uh, Charles and I were friends and you know he was praying for me. And um, all of a sudden, one day, just kind of out of the blue, he said, hey, Caleb, I need you to call me. And so we arranged a time, and we, we talked to each other, and Charles was like, hey, Caleb, I've got this thing that I want you to pray about. And I was like, what is it? And I was thinking, like, he was going to come over, and we were going to hang out and, like, do, like, refugee work together or whatever. And he said, um, Caleb, when you get back, I want you to come and help me start a church. And I was like, um, I'm over in the Middle East and having a time of my life. Why would I want to come back to America and help you start a church? And why would I want to do it in a place that gets to be 120 degrees in the summer? And why would I want to do it in a place that's like 14 hours away from my family where all I know is you? Like, when, when, I mean, I love him. He's a good guy, but like, you know, I bet he's, him and his family were the only people I knew. Uh, and that were here. And so I was like, why would I want to do that? He's like, well, I just pray about it. And I said, okay, I'll pray about it. Which, if you don't know church language, that means, like, no way. Okay? <laughs> that means I don't want to tell you no because we're still friends, but, like, you know, I'll let you know. So um, all of a sudden, you know, like, I'm praying, and, and God's still doing amazing things over there. But, like, something starts to happen. Like, I start getting this, like, kind of itch in the back of my mind. And I'm like, hmm. And I was like, mm, no, okay, it'll go away. And um, I, I had signed on for a two-year contract to, to do what I was doing. And so um, when I was coming to the end of the two years, I did actually have an opportunity to renew and go a third year where I was at. But I just couldn't do it. And I knew that, that God had something for me here. And my thought was um, an amazing thing happened. And I, and, the only explanation is God, okay? Because I was literally having the time of my life. But God was like, look, Caleb, there are people in America that don't know me. And there are people in America, and you know their language, and you know their culture. And you could, like, look at all the things that I'm doing here. Like, I want to do some cool things there. And so um, a couple of weeks ago, I preached a message, and I talked about writing a blank check to God and, and saying, look, um, God, where do you want me to go and what do you want me to do? And I've always done that since I was a, in high school and God's just done amazing things through it. But I didn't want to do it this time, but I did it. And I said, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And he said, go to Phoenix and help Charles start this church. 
And so I moved, and this was me stepping out of the uh, Penske truck, I think it was. Um, not even U-Haul, because you know, I'm not, I don't got that money. <laughs> I don't got U-Haul money. Uh, but I do have Penske money, so there you go. Uh, barely, but it was there. Uh, so I, I stepped off, and man, the last couple of years has been a wild ride. And, and here's what I love about this church, okay? Charles has made it really uh, simple. He said, look, um, when we were praying about what we should be doing as a church, he said, look, when we... When we look at the Bible and what we see the disciples doing, the early church doing, what we, when we look around and see what other successful churches are doing, um, he said, look, they do three things. Um, they gather together, right? They come together and they hang out and have a good time and um, they celebrate what God has been doing in their lives. Okay, the church he works for those are worship and fellowship, okay? But they hang out, they come together and they have a good time. Okay, and then the second thing is that they do that happens is as they're coming together, as they're sharing what God's doing in their lives, and as um, you know they're celebrating and bringing more people together, then naturally what's going to happen is growth is going to happen. Because let me tell you, um, if you've never been a part of something that is exciting and new, um, then you won't understand what I'm talking about. But if you're a part of something that's new and it's exciting and it's growing. Um, then you'll know that uh, it's not hard to get other people to be involved in it. And that's what's happening here, is that God is doing some cool things in this community, and we're just like, like finding them, and then we're telling people about what God's doing. And people are getting excited. So as we you know, moved here, we started looking and seeing what God was doing, more and more people started coming around. And so we we're like, oh yeah, that's another thing that the church should be doing. They should be growing. Um, not only in numbers, because we're, you know, we're excited about what God's doing, we want everybody to hear it, but we should be growing closer to Jesus. Because this cool things happen, uh, thing happens when you hang out with other Jesus followers, um, you start getting closer to Jesus yourself. So it's so important to be plugged in with the local church or, or local believers. Not because, you know, like there's, you know, I don't know, like super special things about it, right? But because... If you are hanging out with people who are pursuing Jesus and um, they want to become more like him, then naturally your inclination will be to do the same thing. You'll be closer to Jesus and you'll see your life starting to change. So that's grow. And then the third thing, you know, that we're supposed to be doing that we just talked about is like going and making disciples. But how do we do that? By being the hands and feet of Jesus. So we knew that, look, we should be. I'm not smooth to just do it and fix it on my own. So I'm just going to, you know, call it out and fix it. All right, good. Um, so the, the third thing that we should be doing is going. And that means that we should be going into our community and making a difference in our community, right? And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do here. And so um, the, as we were kind of thinking about and talking about what year, um, year two or going into year three have for us, we said, look, we've been doing a really good job of gathering people together and hanging out. And we've been having amazing stories of, of people like connecting and gathering. And then we've seen last year, we've seen some amazing growth. And so we've seen some really growth happening in people. And, uh, you know, those we, we've heard stories of people who are like, man, like I never I'm getting a deeper relationship with Jesus or I had no idea that like my relationship with Jesus could be this good. And so we've seen some good growth. And so we said, well, you know what? Year three, let's just like kick it off with a go and let's make year three all about going into our community and finding people who don't know Jesus and, and getting as many people pumped about Jesus as we can and going. And so um, Charles was like, all right, Caleb, I got you. Here's what we're going to do. 
um, the first three weeks of the year, you're going to preach a ghost series. And I said, I'm not going to be here the first week. He said, okay. So here's what we'll do. Um, I'll set you up. And then the first two weeks, you knock us out with go. And I said, okay. So let me just get this straight. Um, the success of how we do go this next year is dependent on the next two sermons that I preach. He said, Amen. yes. Amen. So I said, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Good thing it's not me, but God speaking. Um, and I don't got to worry about it. So um, here we are. Um, and that's what we, we're going to get into it today. The next couple of weeks, what I want to do today is we're going to take a look at um, an instance where Jesus sent out his disciples, not just his disciples, but a whole bunch more people, how he sent them out. And so we're going to discover that really anybody can go. Last week, Charles said, look, um, we have to go. This is a command. And if we're not going, we're living in sin. So today I'm going to give you some tools to help you understand that you can go. It's not a, it's not just like a, oh yeah, that sounds great. No, no, no. It's something that you literally can do. You can walk out of these doors today and start doing it. And then next week we're going to start talking about, or we're going to follow that up with the impact that go can have on the people around you. And then, um, the week after that will be your birthday bash and we'll actually hear some stories. I don't like this table, but Charles likes it, and so we're using it, right? Um, so the third week, we're going to follow that up with stories about the amazing things that God is doing in this community. So if you have your Bibles with me, uh, go ahead, or with you, go ahead and turn them to Luke chapter 10. See, I can make mistakes like that with the kids. They don't care, but I feel like I have to correct myself when I'm with you adults, okay? So here we go. Um, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to read a few of these verses, okay? So let's jump right into it. So after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, or the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. There's that go word. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter first, say, peace be on this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. If not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter in a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it, and then say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Okay, so there are two big ideas that I want us to kind of pull out of this passage. Uh, Charles kind of hit on this last week, but I want to bring it kind of into our context and what we are here today. So the first thing that Jesus said is, look, we need to go. There is a need. Verse 2 says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, Char uh, not Charles, good Lord. Um, Jesus was talking specifically to the 72. So I, I don't want you to get it twisted and, and think that, you know, when Jesus said, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Um, he was speaking um, in this context to the 72 people talking about, you know, the world that they were living in there. OK, however, 
his words are the hardest clinical, but the labors being few, they still ring true today in 2020. Now I wanna, I wanna pop a couple of numbers up on the screen, okay? So according to the US Census Bureau, I got online to their website, so this is like fresh information, so you know. Um, Phoenix, last year was the fastest growing city in the US. In 2019, Phoenix added 25,288 people to it. Last year alone, okay? We were the number one uh, fastest growing metro area. And uh, I, I found a couple more places where it said that actually Buckeye was um, one of the fastest growing cities as well, okay? So, like, it's not even just Phoenix as a whole. Like, the West Valley and right next door to where we are, we are booming with people. People are moving in like crazy. And uh, I didn't know this, but Phoenix is the fifth largest or the fifth most populous city in the U.S., okay, in 2018. So we're talking like New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, and us have the most people that live there in the U.S., okay? There's a bunch of people that live here, and there's a bunch of people that are moving here, okay? And they are not going to stop. And so I took this information, and I was like, well, that's interesting. And you, the Internet is an amazing place because you can find out a bunch of fun numbers. So I want you to go to the next slide. Um, I searched, and I, I, I found Pew. Pew, not like Pew Pew, like what Star Wars gun shoots, um, but the Pew Research Center is like a really, it's a legit uh, center for research. They, they, they take census and they do things all across the U.S., okay? And they, according to them, um, the amount of people who identify as Christians in Phoenix and in the area where we live is around 50%. So only about half of everybody that live here identify as Christians. But another interesting number that I looked at was, um, okay, how many people attend church? And when you look at people who attend church at least one time a month, okay, that's not very much, okay, but at least one time a month, that number drops to 35%. So only about 35% of people who live around us go to church one time a month. And then I looked at people um, who, like, read scripture or pray, and that number is 50 or 46%. So 46% of people do not pray or read the Bible at all, okay? 35% go to church. That's it. That is not very many when you look at the amount of people that we have around us, okay? So I wanted to kind of bring it into context a little bit. So in Australia, we have between 15 and 20,000 people that live up here. So I did um, 15,000, okay? So I took that a lower end of that number. So if we look at those percentages and um, bring that to us, that means that um, there are 10,000 people that live just in this community that don't identify as Christians. And only 3,500 of our neighbors go to church some week. Now, if there are a number of people, and you fact-check me, and you say your numbers are wrong, it's because I'm not a math person, okay? But even if I didn't get them exactly right, the idea is this. There's a lot of people around us that don't have any idea about what having a relationship with Jesus can do with them, okay? And so we have an amazing opportunity 
If you're sitting in this room, you have an opportunity to plug in and be a part of changing lives and changing lives um, of people that are moving in, new people that are coming in all the time, people that are living here. Like, it's awesome. We don't live, Charles and I came in a, from a place where, like, there was a church on every single corner. Like, you couldn't find a mile that didn't have a church around it, okay? And those people need Jesus, but we live in a place that there are pe half of everybody don't identify as Christians, and, like, a the majority of people don't pray or read their Bible. Like, that's the word of God. And so think about the opportunity that you have if you're sitting in school, if you're sitting in your job. That means that you can, like, share this amazing stuff with people. And there's a good chance that they've never heard about it before. And they can, they can, their lives can be changed by it. It's amazing. So look, we need to go, okay? The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. There is a need that we are in. We are in a unique place that we have the opportunity to change lives. The second thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down, is everybody can go, okay? Everybody can go. And I'm gonna give you three reasons as we look at this piece of scripture why anybody can go. So I'm just gonna like take any excuse away that you might give me as to why you can't go. We're just gonna like knock them all down right here, all right? Boom, 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 one, two, three. Third strike, you're out, and then when you walk out of here, you're gonna be going, all right? Let's get into it, because it's good. Okay, so the first reason why anybody can go is because of this. When we look at the people, the 72 that Jesus sent, now, um, if, you're, if you do research, there are some people that say that it was 70. I don't think it matters, okay? But Jesus sent like 70 to 72 people out. And why is that important? Because you don't hear a name, not one name. Is mentioned. There are a lot of other places in Scripture that we know their names, we know the 12 disciples' names, but these 72 people, we don't know their names. Why is that important? Because it didn't matter who they were, and it didn't matter what they did, okay? We don't know anything about them, which means that we didn't have to know anything about them. All we needed to know about them was that they showed up and they were willing to go. They were in the right place. At the right time, and Jesus said, hey, I need to send 72 people out. And these 72 people were like, all right, I'll go. And they went. That's all we know. So that means that it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter um, if you just became a Christian, like right now as you were sitting in this chair, or if you've been a Christian for like um, all your life. Maybe not all your life. Got to watch that one. Um, if you've been a Christian for a very long time, okay, it doesn't matter, okay? Anybody can go. Doesn't matter. Because the 72 that Jesus sent out were just 72 people. Okay? So it's good news. So if you're sitting and you're like, well, I don't know or I'm not. Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you've, if you've never opened the Bible before in your life. It's going to sound crazy. You can go. Because all you need to do is say, you know what, Jesus, I'm willing. Let's go. And Jesus says, all right. Then I pick you. Come on, let's do it. So if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I can't go. Yes, you can. Because anybody can go. We don't know their names. We don't know where they're from. Nothing about them. We can go. All right? The second thing that we need to know was this, okay? We didn't know their names, so it doesn't matter. Anybody can go, okay? The second thing is this. God provided what they needed as they were going. Now, this is key because this is where most people get tripped up. Okay, most people, um, in order for them to not go, 
right? If they're like, all right, even if they say, all right, you know what, I should probably go, but you know what, I don't know anything about the Bible, like I've never been to seminary, like I'm not a pastor, I'm not like a Sunday school teacher, like nothing. Guess what? God provided exactly what these guys needed as they were going. In fact, verse 4 says this. Jesus went so far as to say, look, don't carry any money, don't carry extra shoes, don't carry extra clothes, because when you get to where I sent you, I'm going to have everything that you need once you get there. Think about that for a second. These guys, they said, you know what, I'm willing to go. And Jesus said, awesome. And so they were probably thinking, cool, it's going to take us about three or four days to get there, so I'm going to need, you know, like a couple extra shoes, some clothes to travel with, I'm going to need some money to buy some food. And Jesus told them, don't take anything. Literally, what you have on right now is all you need because I got you. I'm sending you, so I'm going to give you what you need. That is a big deal, okay? And so if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have, or I'm not, guess what? Because God has commanded all of us to go. So he is going to give us exactly what we need when we need it. So you don't have to worry about not having the skills or not knowing the Bible verses or not. All you need to do is say, you know what? I love Jesus. I want people to know him. And I'm going to go tell people about it. And then go and do it. Okay? That's everything that you need. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, that's good because that was back then. And Jesus sent him. So there's surely not like the same things that are happening today. Well, it is. And the fact that I'm standing here, okay, um, is proof that God still provides what we need as we need it. So when Charles uh, said, hey, come on out and um, come and help me start this church, um, most people, when they ask what I do, I say, oh, I'm a pastor. And so I think that they assume that, oh, that's what you do full time. Well, actually, when Charles uh, brought me out, he said, you know what? Um, I can promise you $1,000 a month, which if you live here, you know that's not enough even for an apartment. Okay? And so when I said yes, and this is not like, oh, look at how awesome Caleb is. No, no, no. That's not what that is. Because um, I was scared to death, and um, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Okay? And there were... Even when I was signing the lease on the apartment complex, like I was like, I'm probably going to be out of here in like, I don't know, six months because I can't afford to live here. Okay. So I did not have all the faith. Don't worry. Okay. This is an opportunity for me to share what God has done for me so that you can be encouraged. Okay. So check it out. When I moved here um, and I had a thousand dollars that I knew was coming plus a little bit that I had saved up. Um, I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to like live here and survive, but guess what happened? As soon as I moved here, I started praying. I was like, God, um, I need a job. And so after I applied about 20 different places, um, there was a place that came open, and they gave me a job. And so, like, anytime I've needed a job, and a job that works with my schedule to be able to do the church and work a job, I've had it. God has provided what I needed when I needed it. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, you might, must have a really good job, and maybe it paid really well. No, not always. There is a moment, and I'm going to give you two examples that are just, I, I still get chills when I talk about them because it just, God showed up. So um, there was a moment where there was a bill that needed to be paid. It was like an electric bill or something that was like important, right? And I literally did not have enough money in my bank account, and the check for what I had worked was not going to come in. So I said, all right, God, 
I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. So uh, I did what any good college student or ex-college student or broke person does, and so I started looking for change everywhere, anywhere I could find it. Um, I had a change bucket, and I like went through the car that somebody had given to me. Uh, by the way, right, another way got showed up, and like I was like, all right, change in the car, uh, pennies, and in my pockets, and in the couch that my parents gave me, uh, all of this. And I had this bucket of change, and I was like, okay, this is the money that I have. And I went to the bank that I went to, and I dumped that change in the change counter, and it was the amount that I needed to pay the bill, like to the T. God showed up. Yeah, God forgot. It was crazy. I was like, I don't know where this is going to come from. All right, one more. Um, so uh, I had a pretty terrible, it was a good car, okay, for what it was, but it was not perfect. And so there was a moment where, uh, because I lived in Arizona, and it's not that way in Oklahoma, we have to do emissions tests every so often, and um, in order for me to pass an emissions test, I had to get a car fixed. Did not have the money. My tags were, you know, fixing to come up, and I was like, God, I don't know where I'm going to get the money to get this car fixed so I could drive the car. Well, uh, my mom called me on the phone. She said, hey, um, have you checked your mail? And I said, no, not yet. And so she said, hey, go and check your mail. And so I said, all right. So I went to the mail, and in the mail, and I kid you not, there was a check for the exact amount that I needed to fix my car plus what it would cost to pay the guy like labor. And I said, well, where did this come from? And she said, well, somebody um, that knows you, knows your story, felt like um, they needed to send you this check, and so they sent it to you. Wow. Now, it was God showed up. I'm telling you, God will give you what you need, when you need it. And that's just monetary stuff, right? Like, I'm, I'm talking like he'll give you the words you need, when you need the words. He'll give you the courage to approach that person. Um, even if you don't know, like if you're not a social person, if you're not a people person, he will give you what you need, when you need it. He's still working. And then that leads us to number three. Listen, God will give you the power to do his work. Um, look at verse nine, okay? It says, Heal the sick in the towns and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Faith. I want you to understand what a big deal this was. Jesus was giving the 72 unnamed, nobody people power to heal the sick. That was stuff that the disciples had trouble doing from time to time. Okay? But these 72 people, he was like, you know what? When you get to that town, I'm going to let you heal people. In my name for my glory guys God will give you what you need when you need it we literally have no excuse anybody can go at any time all you have to do is say you know what I'm just gonna look around and see who needs Jesus and I'm gonna go get after him and God is going to give me the words I need God's gonna give me the courage that I need God is going to give me what I need in order to minister to them okay he will do it he did it back then He's doing it now. And I promise if God has given you a command, if he's given us a command to do something, he's going to give us the power to do it. Amen. I know. It's good. <laughs> it's so good. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm telling you, there is no reason why you cannot be living in this and going like God wants you to go. And it doesn't mean that you have to sell all of your stuff and move all the way over, um, move somewhere else. Like maybe some of you, that's what God wants you to do. And that's awesome. But for the majority of you, what that means that you need to do is when you walk out of this door, out of these doors and say, look, who needs Jesus? 
where does God put me? Who are the people that God has surrounded me with that need the love of Jesus? And then go show them what that looks like. Invite them to come here. If you like, if you and nothing else, like, hey, like, there's a church that has some crazy people in it, and you should come and hang out with them, right? Um, even if that's all you do, guys, God has given you what you need when you need it. And then the last thing is this: uh, next week um, we're going to uh, share with you an opportunity and, and the things that you can do um, with this church to go. Okay, because as a church. What we are designed to do is to help you be the church, okay? That's our mission statement, is to help lead people to be the church. So we believe that as a church, which is everybody that's sitting in here and a few people that aren't, okay, people are the church, that we want to lead you and we want to help you do what God wants you to do, okay? And so we want to help you go. And so next week, we're going to lay out and we're going to give you ways that you can partner with us and go into this community. So, like, even if you were like, well, that sounds great, but I don't really know, like, I don't live around people, really, which is not true, or um, I don't really talk to people that much, guess what? If you come back next week, we're going to give you an opportunity to plug in to go. So there's no reason why you can't be doing this. And again, I want to bring it back. Like, if we're not going, it is it is a sin to not be pursuing people for Jesus. If you if you say that you follow Jesus, if you say that you're a believer, if that's something that you have done, then you need to be doing this. And I understand it's hard and it's scary, but guess what? God has given you what you need to be able to do it, and we want to help you do that. And I'm telling you from experience, okay? I'm, I'm not just sitting up here saying, like, yeah, you should do this, okay? Like, it's scary, like, Writing a blank check and asking God to just do whatever and, and where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? But I promise you, I mean, it, the life is so rich and there's so many benefits and God wants to do so much through you. All you have to do is say yes. And maybe if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you haven't like surrendered your life to him. Now is a great moment to do that because let me tell you. His love is so good, and he, it doesn't matter what you've done or how unworthy you think you are, God loves you, and he wants to wrap you in his love, and he wants to change your life. He wants to transform you and, and change you into somebody and give your life a purpose that you never thought that you would have. It's awesome. So if you've never done that, then I want to encourage you, come and grab Charles and I afterwards or, or write it on your card. Hey, like, I want to know Jesus, or I want to know more about that. Do that. Or if you're like, man, you're like, man, I, I want to go, but I don't really know how to do that. Write that down. And uh, we've got some systems that are in place. Um, we've got some ladies. Um, Charles' wife, Stephanie, is one of them. Is Aaron that have set up some really good systems to be able to track and, and really capture what you write down. So if you want help and you want to know what to do and you maybe you don't have time to grab Charles afterwards, write it down and we will follow up with you, okay? Man, we love this community it, and God is doing amazing things here. And I'm telling you, like if you want to be a part of something that is exciting, uh, part of something that matters and is significant, this is a place for you. So um, we're going to pray and um, as the band comes back up, they're awesome, right? Man, Courtney and, and, and all of them. Yeah, oh my gosh, they're great. Um, so we're so blessed to have them. Ricky and, and I know, I'm blank, blanking. I went all the way there. Ryan, Jimmy, all of y'all. 
It's good. My wife was like, why didn't you start naming names? You're terrible at names. She was just like, what? All right. Um, but as they come up, I want to pray, guys, if you feel like God is telling you to do something, come back, grab Charles and I, write it on your card. We would love to pray with you and help you. Hey, Father, thank you so much for just how amazing you are. Father, thank you for giving us your word and, and giving us examples of how you send people out. And God, thank you for giving us everything that we need and providing for us. God, it says in your word that you are a good father. Thank you for taking care of us. Lord, more than anything, I, I want I don't want people to come up and say, oh, you did so good today. That was such a good word. Father, I pray that you would stir the hearts of the men and women that are here and that are listening. And that you would cause them to understand that, God, they can go. And they can be a part of what you're doing. So, Father, I pray that everybody that would, that's sitting here would just grab a hold of what you have for them. And that they would be encouraged to go and make a difference in this community with you behind them, giving them what they need. We love you and we thank you for everything that you're doing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.